Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to Wrestling Days Live. Uh, so the show begins with Judgment Day. Judgment Day open up the show and they're cutting promos. And uh, I just think it's always really cool how their shadows are white. Uh, the way they've got the lighting, um, their shadows are actually white and it just always pops and stands out to me. So uh, I just always just love that. So, uh, yeah, we open up with Rhea and Finn and uh, Damien Priest. Um, and basically Rhea said that she showed Dominic Mysterio last week that she is his pappy. And uh, Damien Priest was previewing his match next week. Next week's going to be really interesting. Next week, we've got Damien Priest taking on Edge in Toronto. Damien Priest said there would be no Finn, no Rhea. Uh, he said that Toronto is no longer going to be known as Edge's hometown. Instead, it's going to be known where Edge was forced to retire again. So uh, some nice stuff here. Uh, quite the uh, showcase for Judgment Day. So uh, we did start off with that. Out of nowhere, uh, these guys were talking. And uh, we then get... Uh, Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio jumps in and uh, he starts attacking them. And um, he's got a chair. He's smashing them with a chair and uh, starts beating them up. But as I said on the watch along, it wasn't the best plan from Ray. Like, Ray's had all week to think about how he's going to get revenge and how he's going to. Well, actually, he's had longer than that. I mean, this feud between Judgment Day and the Mysterios has been running on for quite a while. So how is he going to get revenge? Well, it turns out that he just walks out there on his own with a chair and just hopes for the best. It doesn't go well. Um, it doesn't go well. He ends up getting outnumbered, as you would. Uh, there's a few moments where Rhea Ripley is like goading him. Come on, hit me. Hit me, Ray. She should have. He should have smacked her. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. But uh, obviously, he's a better person than me. And so he doesn't. Uh, and he gets laid out. And um, yeah, as I said on the watch along, bit of a rubbish plan from Rey Mysterio. But uh, that is how our first segment ends. We go into our next match. And our next match is uh, a women's tag match. This is the first round of the women's tag tournament. It's Asuka and Alexa taking on Dewdrop. And Nikki A.S.H. Uh, and uh, this was absolutely beautiful. This moment uh, from Asuka is one of the best moments on the show for me. She, she steps over and gets Dewdrop and makes it look like she's about to like roll her up into a bit of like a crucifix pin. But she doesn't. She gets her leg around her head and then grabs the arm, pulls back and actually transitions into an armbar. You've got to see the way that she puts this armbar on. It is so impressive. It just looks so good. Um, it's a great way to finish this match. The match itself is fine. They give this match plenty of time. Um, all of the women are, you know, getting their spots in, getting some nice moments. This is uh, clearly not how this match would have been booked under Vince. Um, but under Triple H, it gets given some time. Everyone's made to look pretty good. But it is Asuka and Alexa that get the win, thanks uh, to this armbar right here. Obviously, they're uh, done. They're walking up the entranceway. Out comes Bailey. Out comes Dakota. Out comes EO Sky. And then we get this big 
confrontation. Obviously, that is a major match at Clash at the Castle. And uh, it's exciting. Uh, the build for this, I think, is quite nice. Uh, I am definitely up for seeing um, like these all compete. And we haven't seen Bailey in action. I think they might save her for Clash at the Castle. I think you probably won't see Bailey until we get to that show. And um, that's just going to make that match feel even bigger. That moment when Bailey is tagged in and we get to see Bailey compete for the first time in I don't know how long. Very, very long time. Uh, I did notice as well, Bailey is still wearing the same attire. That kind of, I don't know what she keeps in those pockets. But these like, she's got these um, bottoms, these pants, if you will. They're like uh, cargo kind of, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how you would describe them. They've got pockets all down the side. It's what she came back in at SummerSlam. Uh, but there it was white. Then I think on the Raw afterwards, she was wearing a red version. This one was kind of like a goldy kind of bronzy version. So I don't know. I mean, clearly, if you find something that's comfortable, uh, why not just buy a load of them? Uh, if you find something that is your look and it and it absolutely works for you, I can understand you investing in a lot of different colors, a lot of different uh, uh, versions of the same uh, attire. And that's exactly what she's done here. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to this one. It'll be a lot of fun. Backstage, we got Theory and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, they were face-to-face. -face. Um, there was some good stuff here. I mean, Theory said that because of what happened at SummerSlam, he is wiser and he's now tougher because of those experiences. Uh, Dolph arrived. Uh, Theory was saying that he was over the hill. He said he's a no-title-having-has-been. And uh, obviously the match is made. So this would actually turn out to be our main event, which certainly surprised me. And I would imagine surprised quite a few people as well. Did they do that uh, put over theory? Did they do it to give Dolph like a bit of a spotlight again? You know, a main event match. Did they do it because people might thought that Gagano and Candice were going to come out? I, I really don't know. I don't know why it got positioned there. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, just a bit weird that that was put there instead of the US title match. But uh, I think they just really want to get the spotlight on Theory and uh, maybe try to re-energize Dolph Ziggler again. So uh, these two, anyway, fall into a big brawl. They're brawling. Uh, they're brawling backstage. Uh, there's loads uh, uh, brawling. Go to commercial. When we come back, we actually get this. We get to see that they brawled all throughout the commercial break as well. I didn't see this at first. I'm going to hold my hands up here. But uh, I was told about it. And then I found, got sent an image. And uh, here is the image of the fire door being opened. And uh, a hand put in there, hand in. And clearly, this is someone gaining entry. And uh, this is believed to be the moment that Dexter Loomis got into the building. This is how Dexter, who we saw getting dragged off. Uh, last week, this is uh, believed to be how he got into the building and into the show. And, of course, we would see a few things throughout this show. Um, what they did last week with the car crash in the background and then Dexter being dragged away at the end of the show, they sort of repeated that here. Um, this was uh, the first uh, thing that we got with uh, the hand in the background. So we got all of that. Then uh, we got next up Miz and Champa. They were about to have a match. 
This was a nice moment. You know, Miz was saying he was really proud of Champa and what he did in his match against Bobby. And uh, he gives him uh, a necklace that's got an image of the both of them uh, being, like, friendly towards each other. So Miz just really strengthening the bond between he and Champa. There's going to be a turn here eventually. Uh, I don't know how it's going to happen. Who's turning on who? I would imagine Miz, knowing Miz, will probably turn on Champa. But, um, yeah, we're just planting the seeds at the moment, ready for when the turn happens. It's going to have a bit of, you know, weight to it. Um, it's not going to be a, a big shocking moment unless we have some tender moments like this. So seeds being planted here. Uh, they were going up against Cedric and uh, Mustafa Ali and another sick finish to a match. I love this as well. Love the Asuka armbar. Brilliant. This one... So Ali comes uh, off the top, does a 450. As he starts to uh, land, he actually gets caught kind of midair uh, by Tommaso, who delivers like a drop kick, double knee type situation. He just kind of throws himself at Ali. And uh, it's it was nice. It was all so quick that uh, the timing on this had to be absolutely bang on. They might have got it just slightly off. Like Ali, I think, just slightly gets to the ground and then gets hit with it. But it's not a problem. Uh, it doesn't look bad. It looks amazing. Um, I loved it. I freaked out at the end of this match. I really enjoyed it. So end of the women's tag match. I loved with Asuka getting that armbar. End of this match. I loved with uh, the way that Tommaso managed to get that kind of double knee drop kick move. Uh, hitting Ali, who had just come from the top in a 450. There's some really cool stuff that's going on uh, at the moment in during the matches. Um, stuff that, honestly, we just, we've been starved of. We've been starved, but it is a win for Miz and Chomper. Um, they beat Ali and Cedric. Next up, this was cool. This was so cool. I did a separate video for it. This is the Ezekiel family. I'm not going to dwell too much on this because, as we said, there's a separate video on the Wrestling Days YouTube channel. But um, for those that are listening on Spotify or Stitcher or wherever else this goes, um, the image on screen has got Ezekiel in a hospital bed. And then by his side, there is uh, what looks to be an old man who looks a lot like Ezekiel and Elias. I, I mean, honestly, it could be Elias or Ezekiel in disguise. It, he he looks that similar, right? Then there's a woman, and I, I honestly, I have no idea. If that is Elias or Ezekiel, like, dressed as a woman, they've done an amazing job. Because I can't quite, I can't see the similarity, but then part of me thinks I can. So I don't know who the woman is. I don't even know if it's a woman. But um, yeah, it is, it is pretty impressive. And then you've got some guy with a moustache and glasses... And uh, I think that's Elrod. I think that might be Elrod because we heard about Elrod and we were going to be introduced to Elrod. Um, I remember uh, Ezekiel saying um, he wants people to not only walk with Elias, he wants people to speak with Zeke and he wants people to, I think it's trot with Elrod or something like that trot with it that doesn't even make sense it was somewhat along those lines um so uh i know we've we, well, we haven't seen him but we've 
certainly heard about Elrod. And um, he, I believe, is who's uh, in the centre of the picture. Then you've got Elias. And then you've got some... I don't even know what's going on there. Like, I feel like that is a small person. And uh, they seem to be dressed up as, like, someone from the Backstreet Boys or something. Or NSYNC from the 1990s. I have no idea what's going on. There's a whole lot to explore uh, here. And I think we will explore it. I could imagine each week... We get updates from different family members. Like next week, I reckon we hear from Elrod. I could definitely see that. And then the week after, we hear from the woman. This is this is all right, you know. As comedy goes, I know there'll be people rolling their eyes. I'm here for this. I am here for this. This looks all right to me. And I can't wait to hear from the person at the end. So who knows what where this leads in the end. Uh, obviously, Kevin Owens has moved on, but... If Kevin Owens was still a part of this, he would be absolutely freaking out. So, yeah, really fun uh, Ezekiel family segment there. Not very long. It was only on for like a minute or so. Uh, Next up, this was another of those backstage moments. Uh, This is uh, Drew making his way to the ring and fire. Fire coming out of a, a bin. And what was interesting was Sean Ross Sapp earlier in the day. He turned around and said, Raw tonight is going to be fire. Literally. So he obviously knew that this was the plan. He knew that there was going to be fire uh, and a dumpster fire here uh, on the show. And uh, I mean, it was all right. It didn't really do much. Didn't really serve much of a purpose. But just kind of let you know that that person that had gained entry was, you know, causing some havoc backstage and just built the excitement for what we might see later. Next up, I mean, we've got to talk about this. I don't even know where to start with this, but Drew makes his way out to the ring. Uh, he talks about, like, how he's going to win the championship at Clash. And he says, you know, this isn't a job. This isn't my job. This is my dream. And he starts telling the crowd about some of the dream matches that if he wins the title that we could get. He was saying, like, imagine Drew McIntyre against AJ Styles. Imagine Drew McIntyre against Karrion Cross, who was absent this week, actually. No sign of Karrion. No sign of Scarlet. So uh, he was like, yeah, imagine imagine all of that. And um, Kevin Owens came out. Kevin Owens came out. And Kevin Owens was, uh, like, very uh, worked up. And uh, he came down to the ring. And he was basically saying how convenient that you you know, mention my name now that I'm here. I didn't hear my name just when you were saying those dream matches. So Kevin Owens came down to the ring and he cuts a fire promo. Kevin Owens talking about how he had lost part of himself. It's time to bring back the prize fighter. He wants to go after the tag titles, the mid-card titles, the undisputed WWE heavyweight universal title. He's coming after everything. And uh, it was a brilliant promo that was then beaten by Drew because Drew just came back and fired back with such intensity, such intensity. He said, I don't care if you're the prize fighter. I don't care if you're a superstar. I don't care if you're a pro wrestler. Let's wrestle like he want. He wanted to just fight. I think he was kind of making out. I'm not interested in all your BS I'm not interested in you coming out here saying that you've lost something and all of that. Like, he just wanted to fight. And uh, fight they did. They go into a match. And for me, this is undeniably 
the highlight of the show. This match is absolutely brilliant. I love this match. Drew against Kevin Owens. Crowd are chanting, this is awesome. There's fire promos that set it up. The match itself is brilliant. So many great spots. So many great moves. So many great moments. Um, as I said, I, I, highlight of the show for me. I mean, this is a four-star plus match. It really is brilliant. If you if you don't get a chance or you haven't seen it, try and find it. Try and check it out. Crowd are chanting, this is awesome. And I know they'll chant it like at the drop of a hat, but it was deserved. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, chat seemed to enjoy it as well. And we wondered, how are we going to get out of this? Like, who wins? Because Drew needs to win because of clash and main event in clash but then saying that kevin owens needs to win because if he is bringing back the prize fighter now is not the time for him to be losing and so we were in a tricky situation and so yeah we end up with uh the usos the usos come in the usos get involved um technically i suppose it's going to be a dq win for drew but certainly doesn't make kevin owens look weak and, uh, yeah, great. Great. I mean, I can tell you that Kevin uh, Owens uh, pretty much walks off. He tells the Usos, tell your tribal chief that he owes me one because, obviously, his wore down Drew McIntyre for him. Clash not that far away. So he was basically saying, tell your tribal chief he owes me one. Drew makes a comeback, though, and uh, actually gets the better of the Usos in the end. And then he shouts at them, tell your boss I will see him this Friday. So Drew McIntyre will be on SmackDown. Uh, so we are going to be seeing Drew on Friday. Next segment then we get, uh, and if you are watching on uh, YouTube, not the best image, but uh, we basically got Seth Rollins making his way down to the ring. Uh, he said that uh, he was expecting Riddle to announce his retirement. Riddle is seen backstage and he says, you know, this is going to be hard for me to say, but um, the announcement that I've got for people is that I am medically cleared. And uh, Seth's like, oh, I just wish you were here now. And then Riddle revealed that he was there now, which is really weird. I said this on the watch along, like he's gone to the trouble of disguising where he is. Like there's a lava lamp, there's a little table, like there's a backdrop, it's a gray wall. It looks like he's at home. He's gone to all of this trouble. And the big reveal is that he's backstage, that he is actually there. Like, if I was Seth Rollins, I'd just shrug my shoulders and just walk through the crowds and just go home. <laughs> like, okay, you're here. But what advantage did it gain him? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand. I, I don't understand. Like, it would have been better if he was there and maybe had captured Becky Lynch or something. You know, she was backstage, was holding her hostage, and he'd got one over on Seth, but... I don't know quite how he got one over on Seth here. Because Seth was all... I mean, like, it took Riddle a while to get from the back to the ring. And all that time, Seth had all this time to, like, either run away or, like, you know, kind of get a weapon. So I, I must admit that part was kind of lost on me. I think it was just, to be honest, it was just nice for the crowd. Obviously, you know, the crowd probably thought he was at home. And then it was revealed that, oh, my God, he's actually here. We're going to see him live. So it's one maybe for the live crowd. But it was one that I was just a bit, don't really know why he did that. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I mean, he's probably spent all day just buying lava lamps and backdrops. And do you know what I mean? 
there's other things that you can be doing this time. But uh, he makes it, he races down and they have a big brawl. They go fighting into the crowds. Um, the segment ends with Seth running off. And believe it or not, after all of that, Seth just ends up running off. Which is what, if I was Seth, I would have done about five minutes earlier. But uh, he ends up running through the crowd. The segment ends with Riddle standing in the crowd. It's a nice shot, actually. It looks really cool uh, of him just in the crowd and all the crowd, like, cheering and everything. So, nice visual. Um, and then backstage, we find out uh, it's going to be Clash at the Castle that these two will finally get their hands on each other. So, Seth Rollins against Riddle is made for Clash at the Castle. Next, we get a match. This is Via taking on, I think they said Bo. B-E-U-X, I have no idea, jobber, but um, this jobber was like, <laughs> it was really funny, the jobber went to the outside, Via goes to the outside, jobber quickly gets back in, Via's on the outside and he's frustrated because he just wants to get this guy, and um, he's so frustrated he's just staring at Byron Saxton, and Corey Graves is like, oh my god, please Via, go for it, I will pay you, I will pay you. Uh, Corey Graves pleading with Veer to attack Byron Saxton. I, I enjoyed that. He doesn't. He gets back in. He starts chucking this guy around. Um, gets him in his uh, submission hold, which I genuinely don't know what it's called. I'll have to go back and see if they actually... I, it might have a name. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, either way, he gets him in that kind of... Uh, it's kind of like a camel clutch, but on the side of the neck rather than under the chin. And um, he wins with that. So, I mean, it gets him on the show, really. But uh, I did enjoy the Corey Graves line. I thought that was fun. Uh, then we go to our next match. This is Bobby against AJ for the uh, United States uh, Championship. And during the match, I thought the match was all right. I, I, I could imagine a lot of people having praise for it. I don't know what it was, but at this point in the show, I don't know what it was, but this, for me, just sort of drifted towards the end of the show. There was some good in-ring action. There was some decent wrestling. But I think I probably didn't expect AJ to win. So I think I probably felt like Bobby was going to win. So I think for that, you know, maybe I just couldn't quite get infused about the match. Some great action, though. Make no mistake about it. They got plenty of time. But I nothing here got to the level of... Uh, Drew against Kevin Owens. That, for me, was the pinnacle of the show. Um, but what we do get is we get Dexter Loomis jump over the barricade. Uh, the security guards quickly grab him and drag him away. The way they did this, if you don't watch much wrestling or you just watch Raw and watch SmackDown, you would honestly think or could honestly think that was a fan. The way they did it, it really made it seem like everyone sort of stopped and they were staring and all these security guards were grabbing him and they just quickly get him away. And the the uh, camera just cuts to black and we go straight to commercial break. So it really had that, oh my God, there will 100% be people sat at home going, oh my God, was that a fan? Was that a fan? Did a fan just jump over? There will be, and, and that will get people talking. So, I mean, it's great. The way they're presenting Dexter Loomis here, I think is really, really cool. It's really cool. Um, so yeah, uh, this was nice. We don't get to see Dexter Loomis again, unfortunately, but, uh, he, uh, tries to interfere, doesn't, uh, succeed. Match continues, uh, and it ends up with Bobby getting the win over AJ Styles. Uh, then after we get a match, uh, this was Dakota taking on Dana Brooke, um, and, Dana was saying that, you know, if you're trying to intimidate me, I'm not scared of you, uh, all that kind of stuff. 
And um, basically, they go out. They have, you know, all right match. Uh, nothing really to write home about. Nothing really that special. But um, it was all right. It was a nice showcase for Dakota. Uh, we don't get to see Dakota really compete that much. Uh, this might even be her first singles match on the main roster. Uh, obviously, we've seen them in tag team action. But uh, yeah, she was here with uh, Dana. Got the pin relatively comfortably. And that's it. I mean, she she isn't the new 24-7 champ. I mean, she does not want that belt. But uh, so Dana, I believe, is still the 24-7 champ. But yeah, this was just like a little filler in between those two more meaty matches, if you will. Uh, and then we get to our main event. And as we said, a little bit confused on the main event. Just because it was Theory against Dolph. Did one... I mean, we'd, I mean the United States title match had already happened. Uh, we'd had Loomis already come in into trying to interfere. So it kind of felt like, well, why is this the main event? What are they going to do? And the answer is they're just going to have a decent match. And that was it. They had a decent match. Uh, and Theory ends up winning with his finishing move, which I think is called A-Town Down. But again, you know, we do the live watch-alongs. So I never get a chance to really hear what the commentators are calling these moves. Um, so I think it was like uh, A-Town Down, his finishing move that uh, got him the win. Clean win. He did try to cheat early in the match earlier by putting his feet on the rope, but he didn't succeed. Um, and yeah, this is this is what we end up with. So Theory wins the main event against Dolph Ziggler. Maybe that just puts that feud to bed. Uh, that was obviously a feud that was happening as we were heading to SummerSlam. So maybe the idea is it just it finishes that now and it, and that gets put to bed. Um, kind of nice to have Theory winning a main event of Raw. Definitely, uh, you know, helps him. Um, Dolph, obviously, good worker. Um, the match was fine. Again, nowhere near the levels of Kevin Owens and Drew. But, um, yeah. I, I, the thing with this show is that we've had a few weeks where the shows have been insane. And I, this wasn't an insane show. This is not an insane Raw. This feels like what Raws are going to be like now. This is an average Raw. But it's still a good show. It's still a good show. It's just the average Raw now is so much better than what the average Raw used to be. So it's it's really exciting. It's an exciting time. If this is what average is, sign me up. I'm going to be so excited every week for this new average. But um, yeah, it, it really did feel that way. I would say criticisms, you know, there was lots of matches that we didn't really need. You know, I mean, Dakota and uh, Dana Brooke. I mean, I don't believe there was any storyline going into that match. Um, I don't believe there was any storyline for Miz and Champa to be taken on Mustafa Ali and um, Cedric Alexander. So, uh, you know, again, these are just matches that just happen. So, you know, I'd like to see I'd like to see a bit more build, a bit more storyline, a bit more of a reason for these matches. So that's something that I'd like to see get like strengthened, made a bit stronger. But um, as I said, you know, if these are the only criticisms that we're going to have, it's, it ain't bad. It ain't bad at all. So I was uh, thoroughly, thoroughly entertained with uh, this episode of Raw. And uh, we will jump over to the chat, see what uh, you lot thought of this week's Raw. So uh, we've got, uh, I love that the father is a junior. Is the senior still alive, said List of Jericho. Um yeah, that was fun, actually. So Ezekiel's dad 
was like uh, uh, called Junior, wasn't he? So uh, I can't wait to see more of that and see that storyline unfold. I don't know what the end game is, but I was very concerned that it was not going to be that interesting now that Kevin Owens was out of it. But they've now just given it a whole new lease of life with like this, you know, all these family members. So, yeah, there's definitely something interesting going on here now. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what uh, happens in the future. Michael says, uh, did you see the report of Dave and Sean Ross Sapp? Cross and Scarlet are listed on SmackDown. As two is Loomis. Hang on. As two, Dexter Loomis is not thoughts. Uh, well, uh, to be honest, I don't really mind who goes where. We're uh, apparently not too far away from a draft. So uh, there's a draft that's uh, coming up. So we'll see what happens with the draft and uh, who ends up going kind of where after that. But yeah, I mean, at the moment, I don't really mind who they want to use on, on what shows. I mean, I suppose in a way you kind of still have to stick to the draft and have certain stars on certain brands. But I think I don't think anyone would mind if Triple H... Because in the past, like, whenever someone went to a different show, people would criticise it, saying, you know, what's the point of a brand split if we're not going to stick to it? And I can understand that criticism. But I think if Triple H wants to do anything at the moment, the fans are going to be right there with him. If Triple H really feels like he needs a certain superstar on Raw or he needs a certain superstar on SmackDown, if he wants to just use them, no, no one's going to care. So, yeah, I don't mind. I, I really don't mind what Triple H wants to do with people going wherever they want to go. But uh, we know that there is a draft that's on the way anyway. So that will uh, tidy it all up. Uh, Philip said, in your opinion, who do you think Dexter is trying to get to? Uh, I think he's trying to get to AJ. I mean, that's twice now that it's AJ's match that has been interfered in. I don't know why. He wants to get to AJ. Had it have been someone different this week, I think that would have been very, very interesting because I think that that would have implied that he wasn't after any one person. He was instead after just causing disruption. But last week in the main event, it was AJ. And, um, you know, I think it was AJ Miz. can't remember now who, was, uh, who he main evented. But either way, um, it, we saw that's when we saw Loomis trying to get to the ring. And uh, here we are now with AJ Bobby. So AJ is that constant. So it looks like it's AJ, but no idea why. Uh, Jeremy said maybe the Intercontinental Champion comes to Raw and the United States Champion goes to SmackDown. Uh, Jordan said, will Orton return soon? Um, I actually haven't heard anything on Orton. And about when he's due back. I am expecting him to return. But I don't think it will be this side of Clash. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm not expecting him until at least after Clash. But there's no guarantee that he'll be back even. You know just after Clash. Um, it all seems to be a bit quiet at the moment. Obviously his injury is legit. He's not just taking time off. Um, from what I've heard he is legitimately injured. And it seems like Riddle is quite worried that uh, this is not going to be a speedy recovery. So I wouldn't expect him anytime soon. Uh, Tim T.M. Sally said, what will Cody do on Raw if he really returns like how they say? Uh, how are they saying? What have you heard? Um, I've heard that they've got big plans for him. I've heard that they are interested in him being involved in a title picture around WrestleMania. There's plenty of people fantasy booking him winning the Rumble. 
So I can definitely see those things. So I, I, I'm still under the impression that seems like a logical way to book him going forward. So uh, Kevin said, will Carrion beat Roman? Um, I don't think so. I think that uh, they will take a title off Roman soon uh, and maybe at Clash. But surely that person is going to be Drew. I think that they I think Clash closes with Drew celebrating in the ring, having won a title. Now, the the issue is, how do you only get one title off of Roman? That's the issue. Um, I've seen lots of theories, people saying it should be a triple threat. People saying that you could do Roman against Carrion and then do Roman against Drew later in the night. I don't think they go that way, but all the reports at the moment are saying that it is going to be one-on-one, that it is going to be just Drew and Roman, and there are no plans to insert Carrion into a triple threat. So I've got to think that it's just going to be one-on-one. So how do we only make that match for one title and not both titles? I don't know. And to be honest, I don't think WWE know, because I read earlier that they don't know. So there is a bit of working out to be done by the looks of it. Uh, would you like to see Survivor Series go back to the old way in the 90s? Yes. Yeah. I think for me, uh, I never care for Raw against SmackDown just because they're both WWE and I just don't believe because they change the draft uh, each year and like, you know, we change the roster around. And to be honest, it always happens just after that draft as well. Um, I don't feel like the superstars really get chance to represent those brands. And, you know, there's a good chance that they change in 12 months anyway. So I just never really believe that people are really that bothered about winning it for Raw or winning it for SmackDown. And there's nothing on the line either. So if Raw do win, what do they win? I mean, I think we have looked at giving them some kind of prize in the past, but it just doesn't do it for me. I'm a much bigger fan of doing Judgment Day against whoever or doing Bailey and her buddies against whoever and actually using it as a way to build up some really interesting feuds and then do yeah you know proper Survivor Series matches so yeah I, I am much more into that idea than I am this Raw Smackdown thing Rob said we're only three weeks from Clash a lot can still change but it needs to happen soon uh, Sonny said, do you like cheesecake? I just had a slice of score cheesecake. What the hell is that? I don't know what score cheesecake is, but but I do like cheesecake. Absolutely. Who doesn't? Uh, we can't afford heating if they've got a draft, says Jake. Jake Paul fan. Shout out to you. Uh, Fiend start the Firefly Funhouse. He was lost and burnt and will return, says Kyle. Uh, Michael said, should WWE break up the Street Profits? And let Montez Ford become a single wrestler with his skill set in the wrestling ring. I think they will break them eventually. I think the question is, when do you break them? Do you break them now? Do you break them in six months? Do you break them in 12 months? Do you do it in two years? Like, I think they will break because I think Montez in particular is too good to not give that singles run to. You could still give him a singles run whilst he's in with the Street Profits. Because don't forget, Kofi got to the title while still being a member of the New Day. So you don't have to break them. But I, I think I would. I think I would. 
I think I'd have a clean break, to be honest. And uh, I think, actually, Angelo Dawkins being a heel could be very interesting. Imagine Dawkins attacks Montez, jealous that he's getting all the spotlight, and he attacks him, and uh, that could be a really interesting storyline in the future. The reason I say, do you do it now, or do you do it in the future, is because we know that Triple H has got a fondness for tag team wrestling that Vince doesn't. So the question is, do you do it now and just go for it? Or do you get a bit more out of the Street Profits in a tag division that might be about to set fire? I mean, the tag team division might be about to explode. I mean, we've already seen Hit Row come back. So I'm interested to see, you know, what Triple H has got planned for the tag teams. And breaking up Street Profits now, actually, from that point of view might not make the most sense. You might want to just get a few more tag matches out of them first. So, I, I don't know. It's a tricky one. I don't know when I would break them up, but I would definitely be breaking them up. Uh, are you streaming NXT tomorrow? Yes, we are going to be doing NXT. It's not, at the moment, a permanent thing. Uh, that might depend on how popular tomorrow is. If there is a demand for it, then obviously we would be uh, looking to... Uh, do it, but tomorrow is such a big show. NXT Heatwave. Uh, we've got lots of championship matches, um, some interesting feuds. There's like a street fight. Um, there's lots actually. I think if Santos Escobar loses his match, he is banned from NXT, which means potentially he could be coming to the main roster. He is someone that I think people probably thinks ready now. He's been there a long time. So, yeah, it could have some big repercussions for the main roster. So, for that reason, that's why I'm doing it. It's not just a normal episode. So, yeah, NXT Heatwave, we will do it. And we will do uh, the post-review afterwards. Uh, no profits tonight, says Jordan. No, no, good shout, no profits. Uh, Rashawn said, do you think The Fiend returns at Clash confronts the winner of the main event or will Carrion be the next in line? Um, the the closer we're getting to Clash, the, le the less I think that uh, Bray will be there. There's a couple of reasons why I think he could be. The biggest is because I think this might be the last stadium show of the year. Now, they will go to Saudi. I don't know that that's the right place to bring him back would be in Saudi. But this could be a big place to bring him back because it's a big stadium show in the UK. You could bring him back, be a massive moment. You're going to get an epic reaction. You know that that crowd is going to be vocal. UK crowds always bring it. So, yeah, I mean, the crowd's going to be good, vocal, and uh, it'd be a good place to bring him back. The reason why I don't think he comes back is because there's been lots of rumours, lots of talk, things like that. But there's nothing concrete to say that there's been negotiations. There's nothing concrete to say that he is 100% coming back. Even if he does come back, how much work is going to have to go into that? I mean, how, how long will the contract take to sort out? Because you've got to think he's going to want more creative control. You've got to think that if Bray is going to come back, he might want a bit more money. He's going to want certain assurances. He's going to want to know what to expect from a Triple H regime. Like, I, that ain't getting done in a day. I, I really think that that is something that is going to take 
a while to get negotiated because you've got to negotiate merch uh, fees and all of this kind of stuff. Like it's quite in depth. It's not literally here's a contract, sign it. So um, you've got all of that work. We don't know if he's got any other film projects lined up as well. Like who knows? He he didn't expect Vince to leave just like we didn't expect Vince to leave. So he could have projects lined up that we don't even know about. So you've got those stumbling blocks. And then not only have you got all of that, but then you've got to decide, well, when you do bring him back, how are you bringing him back? Are you going to bring him back as the fiend? Are you going to do Firefly Funhouse vignettes? Do you need to record anything right now? Does he need a new mask? If he needs a new mask, it needs to be designed. It needs to be manufactured. Potentially, you might even want to get some made for like WWE shop. I don't know, but... Three weeks is not long. I know it seems long, but to do everything that you need to do, it's not long. And so the closer we're getting, the more I'm thinking, no, I think the timeline is too tight. Now, obviously, we don't know that these negotiations could have actually happened a while ago. I mean, as soon as Triple H took over, one of the first things he could have done would be to call Bray and actually get on the phone with him and say, I want you back. We're not going to rush it. Let's take our time. Let's make sure it's right. Let's make sure the creative is right. And we'll look to debut you not at SummerSlam, but we'll do it at Clash instead. Like that is 100% a conversation that could have happened. 100%. I just don't know that it's happened. I don't know that it's happened. And I don't know that that is the plan. So it's very hard to sit here and say, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? I have to say... Out of it being likely or unlikely, I'm leaning unlikely. And uh, as I said, the closer I'm getting, probably the less I'm thinking it's going to happen. But obviously, the closer we get, the more excited the Brave fans are going to get. So they're going to get more vocal. Social media is going to, you know, be talking more. But listen, social media has speculated about a Bray return now for I don't know how long. I mean, literally since he left. And, and it's not happened yet. So you have to take what you see on social media with a pinch of salt because the bottom line is no one knows. No one knows. We're going to have to wait and see and we're going to find out together. I think there's a great chance he returns. I just don't know about it being Clash. Uh, Days, AJ and Loomis have got history because of them being in TNA at the same time. Loomis was obsessed with uh, Christy Hem, so I would say they have history, but I don't know if they had matches. I don't know that that plays out in WWE, though. I mean, for me, they would need to have history in WWE. I think to have history in another com uh, company... Hey, listen, this is a different time, so could Triple H use that to acknowledge this and play off this maybe but i don't know that's lovely free advertisement for impact and tna and all of that and, and the other thing as well is like you're sort of punishing fans if you do that because if you play into that history it's kind of like well if you want to know the backstory and you want to find out a little bit more in a way wwe are actively sending you to tna and I don't even know if you can find that footage. They're not going to be able to get rights to that footage unless they pay some money because they don't own it. So they can't really tell the backstory. They can't really send people to... I mean, where would you send people? And why would you send people? Why would you send people to TNA? 
So, I don't know. For me, I think it's quite messy to do that. I think you give in competition. Competition. Um, like, free advertising. I think also, like, you know, fans like myself, you know, feel like we're a bit out of the loop because I don't watch Impact. I don't watch TNA. But now you're giving me a story that's built on that. You're giving me a story that's built on something from a show that I don't watch. Like, I don't know. I, I You know, I watch... All the WWE shows, and that should be enough to keep me up to speed with like what's going on with the WWE storylines. So I must admit, I would not be crazy about that. I wouldn't be crazy about them leaning into some of that happened in Impact. So I think they can come up with something else. I think they should come up with something else. But if it does go that way, that'll be pretty wild because that would never have happened under Vince. Never have happened. So, who knows? Watch this space. Uh, Zach said, I imagine Bray Wyatt saying, oh yeah, it happens. I don't know why, but it's funny to think that. Uh, I know it's too early with Triple H bringing back wrestlers and Raw and SmackDown being unpredictable. Royal Rumble could be spicy. Mm. I think it was as well. Was it Cal? Someone said on Twitter, I think it was Cal W, said, can you imagine what the next Hall of Fame is going to be like? Because you're absolutely right. The Royal Rumble is going to be interesting because anyone that was like off with Vince in the bad books of Vince, they are now potentially forgiven. Do you know what I mean? Like we spoke before about how Demolition were off with Vince and Vince didn't like them because he'd had a falling out with them and they tried to sue WWE for like concussion stuff. We have not seen Demolition for those reasons. But is it slate wiped clean now? Is is in this world, could it be that we get demolition? Not in a rumble, but do you know what I mean? Like backstage during a show, during a legend show. I mean, that'd be awesome. Demolition are one of the greatest WWE tag teams of all time. And um, didn't didn't New Day like have a championship reign that broke Demolition's record a few years ago? I remember them being mentioned on the show, but we've never we've not seen them for a long, 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 long time. So you are absolutely right. Like the potential now for some surprises that we never would have got under Vince has greatly increased now that Triple H is in charge. But also Hall of Fame, you know, could Triple H and Steph and Nick Khan put in some of those names that maybe Vince was reluctant to put in or had some issues with? Um, Lex Luger, I don't believe, has ever gone into the Hall of Fame. I think he would have, but I think there was a falling out because obviously he left WWE, turned up on Nitro, and I think like Vince did not appreciate uh, what Lex did at that time. He was a big star for WWF, WWE, and he abandoned them, really. And I don't think that that was ever really forgiven, but uh, I think he did do some work backstage for WWE. So I think definitely... Uh, a lot of the wounds were healed. But to my knowledge, he's not in the Hall of Fame. And that seems like a, a weird one because he deserves it. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see who Triple H puts in the Hall of Fame. And, as you said, who goes in the Rumble. Uh, when do you see Johnny and Candice returning, says John Elite. Uh, when do I see it? It's a really good question. I can't give you an answer because... Really, it's down to Johnny to decide. I mean, Johnny at the moment is with his family and only Johnny knows when it's time for him to come back. I think he's started to make some noise. 
And I think now we're looking really good for him coming back. Apparently, Shawn Michaels was given the task of getting Johnny on the phone and and to get him to come back to WWE. I think that Johnny will uh, love to work under Triple H main roster thing. There is still a problem, though, and that is, does Johnny want to be on the road as much as you have to be on the road with WWE? That could be something they negotiate because I don't think Johnny wants to be away from his family as much as what is now required. I think um, that's that's definitely something that could be a little stumbling block. And also, Candice, I don't know that you get Candice. If Johnny's away, is Candice going to go away as well? I, I really don't know because they've got a young baby, a young kid. Could be that Candice stays and looks after the baby for a bit. Or, you know, I'm sure they could rope in their parents. But yeah, I I, I hope they come back. But it's hard to kind of put a finger on it. I mean, could it be Clash? Maybe. Maybe. Will Johnny want to go all the way to the UK, though, uh, with Candice? I mean, I'm sure he could take Candice and the kid with him. Um, but, uh, and you know, Wales is lovely. But uh, I, I don't know. I think it's one that fans really want. I think it's one that will happen. But again, hard to put a finger on it, isn't it? Hard to put a finger on it. Uh, the house shows in the UK are going to be more fun, says Jake. Do you think we get Bron Breaker or Bron Steiner when he comes up? I really don't think that's a problem. That is something that I think I disagree with. Um, not heavily. I don't really care. But I don't need the Steiner name. I think that Bron is someone that should stand on his own two feet. I think that uh, Bron Breaker is a perfectly fine name. Bron Breaker. I like the breaker part. Like he breaks people. He's a breaker. That's what he does. Hurts people. He breaks people. He's Bron Breaker. And I don't mind that as a name. If the name was bad, then I'd be like, yeah, change it. Change it to Steiner. But I, I don't need to know that he's related. I know that he's related to Steiner. You know that he's related to Steiner. Like people know that he's related to the Steiners. And what does that mean for kids today? Kids today, like, does the Steiner name mean anything to kids that are getting into the product now? If you are of a certain age, our age, I have to think you know. I have to think you know. If you're our age, I can't imagine that you don't know. Or I'm pretty sure they will tell you on commentary. When Bron Breaker comes up, you know, they'll talk about his legendary father and the impact his dad had on the business and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, yeah, I, I for me, it's not a problem. I, I really don't mind. I think that he forges his own path forwards. As long as the name's all right and it's not Shorty G or it's not Butch, you know, it's something that's credible. I, I, I don't mind. I really don't mind. So for me, I don't mind if it's Bron Breaker. I don't mind if it's Bron Steiner. Um, but I think the fans probably, if you used to do a poll, would want it to be the Steiner name. Uh, do you think Tessa has got a chance of coming in, says Michael? There's not been any updates on the racist comments. She was arguably the best women's wrestler at the time. Thoughts? I don't think she will because um, she has gone to uh, Women of Wrestling and apparently she's already been kicked off their roster because of uh, backstage issues. Now, I don't know if that is maybe them just trying to grab some headlines and maybe she's going to, when the show gets started, make an appearance. And maybe they're using it to try and drum up some interest, get spoken about. 
But all I can tell you is right now, that's what I've heard, is that she's been kicked off women of wrestling. So not only have you had the the racist stuff in the past, uh, apparently she made some racist comments, but you've had other women coming out saying that she treated them like dirt uh, and like, you know, bullying, harassment type allegations. Uh, now she goes to women of wrestling and now she's seemingly been kicked off that roster. So, no, I mean, look, WWE easily could have come in for her before she went to women of wrestling. They didn't. So they already seem hesitant to be bringing her in. They had her. I mean, she was on their books. Apparently, she was difficult to work with backstage when she was in WWE. So, uh, yeah, like she was on their books. Now she's gone to women of wrestling. There seems to be some drama there. This girl is drama. She's drama. I mean, look, she's a great performer, great wrestler, great promo. She's great. She's one of the best female workers, and it is really frustrating. But everything seems to point to her being an absolute flipping nightmare to work with. A nightmare to work with. A nightmare for the rest of the roster. Uh, it, I think that unless she changes her attitude and goes somewhere and puts in some great performances and really gets the focus back on her wrestling rather than on, you know, all the other stuff, I don't think she comes into WWE. Uh, where are we? Right, we have got about five minutes or so to go. Uh, Days, do you think only Lorcan or Danny Birch will come back? Uh, difficult. Only Lorcan was a good worker, but uh, they could never seem to get him really anywhere. He was part of tag teams and factions. I mean, look, you need those guys. If Triple H feels that he's got a faction and he needs a good, solid worker, um, or he needs someone like to job out or someone that can put people over and just put on some good matches, I mean... It might not be the position that you want. Everyone wants to be Roman, but you need to fill lots of different positions. And, you know, they might just need a really great jobber. And I know that sounds bad. I know it sounds bad, but that is a position that's needed. Someone that can put others over and make them look great and give them great matches. And only Lorcan can absolutely do that. If you want to give him a little bit more, you can put him in a tag team. Like, he would be great in a team with, say, Chad Gable. You could put him with Bobby Roode. You can do stuff with Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. I mean, both of them are, you know, good uh, workers. But I, I don't think, Danny in particular, I don't know that there was anything that special. And I think he was getting on in age. Oni, I don't know if he was a bit younger. He maybe has got a better chance of coming back, but... They're not they're not ones that I would be desperate for. But if Triple H feels that he can rely on them and they're going to give him something that he needs, then, yeah, there's a chance. There's a chance. I, I had nothing against them. Nothing against them. Uh, so, you know, if it, if they do come back, I'll, I'll be nothing but pleased for them. Let's put it that way. Uh, Rob said ratings and opinions, question mark. Days, the scores and opinions. We'll go into them. Don't worry. We'll go into them. Uh, Philip said, do you think there is a chance at all that Vince is still in charge, but just being quiet about it? Well, I mean, he still owns the company. He's still the majority shareholder. So it's still his company. He is still in charge. He's on the board of directors in that sense. But I think he's probably leaving them to it. Because in all fairness, I mean, look, Vince was going to pass away at some point. This company was going to have to be left to who like probably Steph and Triple H and Shane. I mean, I don't know what's happening with Shane. 
But actually, in a way, this might be a blessing in disguise for Vince. Because rather than passing away and then being dropped in it and him not being around to advise, he can now retire, hand it over, let them do what they're doing, watch, because he said, he did tell them all, I will be watching. You've got to know that he's talking to Steph. I actually think what's more important than what's on TV is Steph's got, like, uh, contracts that will be coming up for superstars. She is going to have to be a part of maybe negotiating those deals. She is going to have to negotiate TV deals. Or someone is. Maybe Nick Khan's doing it. Maybe that's why Nick Khan is there. He negotiates the, the deals and does that side of the business. So, you know, maybe you've got Steph as kind of the McMahon, if you will. She is she is basically going to be Vince's spokesperson. He will feed stuff into her and she will be his vocal piece, you know. She will get his points across. Uh, and then you've got Nick Khan that can look after, like, the business side of it. So, in a way, this is, like, a really good arrangement. I, I definitely think Vince is going to be saying stuff. There's no way he's just walked away and not saying anything. But I think his focus might be more on the business sides and deals that are coming up and, you know, uh, who knows what other opportunities they have. I mean, the network came out of nowhere, seemingly, you know. This deal with Saudi Arabia came out of nowhere. The network going on to Peacock came out of nowhere. Like, we don't know what they're working on that's coming round the corner. Do you know what I mean? There's, there could be massive, crazy uh, initiatives, innovations, new deals that are down the road. I mean, we know that USA and Fox deals are going to be coming up uh, sooner rather than later. So you've got all of that that needs preparing for. I think that Vince is probably spending more time with Steph and maybe even talking to Nick Khan and focusing on that side of the business more so than what Triple H is doing. Because that was always going to get a, a, a bump you know, Vince going away. Everyone wants to know what's happening. So the, we've seen the ratings. The ratings are great at the moment. And, you know, we're always going to be. Uh, Raw and SmackDown without Vince was always going to have great ratings. So I don't think he needs to worry about that side of it. He'll watch. And I'm sure if there's something that he especially doesn't like, I'm sure he'll make his feelings known. But um, no, I think that side of it, we're, we're all right. I think he's going to focus on the business side. I, I'm just putting myself in his position. That's what I would do. I would focus on the business side. Uh, what about Camille? She would be fantastic. Her, Raquel, Ronda. Do you like that as a pickup? Uh, yeah, I like it as a pickup. I like, I like Camille. She can talk. She's got a good look. She's got experience in the ring. Um, we've seen NWA talents go into AEW. I suppose in a way it's a bit of a surprise they didn't pick her, but... I suppose AEW have got Jade Cargill. So maybe they're looking at thinking, that's our monster. Uh, we don't want another female monster. We've got Jade. We don't need Camille, who's built, you know. But she would be great. She would be great. She would be great with uh, Dakota, actually. Dakota had Raquel, and that was a bit like Sean and Diesel. Raquel and Dakota now obviously have split apart. So Dakota could go and get an even bigger monster and then you could do like Raquel Rodriguez against Camille. So yeah, I'd be totally down for her coming into WWE. Good shout. Uh, Rob says, uh, last, uh, last Smackdown did 2.4. That was great. 
Uh, Michael says, I wouldn't say nowhere. Peacock is owned by NBC and at the time was new. And that was their flagship announcement to get streamers. Uh, Rhonda said, off topic, but who wins Liv or Shayna? I think Liv, I don't know if she wins the match. She could lose by DQ or count out, but I think she leaves with the title. Uh, Jake Paul fan says, AEW sucks on that bombshell. Let's go over, shall we? Two at scores. So uh, let's see what came back. That's better. We didn't get as many uh, responses last time, but now we've uh, picked up some responses because uh, I've uh, remembered to pin it this time to the actual YouTube live chat. So I can tell you that very close, very close, but with uh, eight responses was seven out of 10 for the show. With 12 responses was 7.5, but with 13 responses and uh, the official score of the show, 8 out of 10, 8 out of 10. I probably would have been 7.25 to 7.5. Uh, 8 might just be a little high for me, but it was very enjoyable. It was easy to watch. Um 8 out of 10. I mean, I ain't got any mad complaints with it. As I said, 7.25 to 7.5. So I might have gone more with that 7.5. Yeah, I'm actually probably in between. So first place was 8. Second place was 7.5. And then third place was 7. So I'm probably just in between uh, second and third there. Let's have a look, shall we, at some of the answers we've got. What was your favorite part of... Uh, Raw, so we've got Drew and Kevin Owens. Uh, we've got Dexter Loomis, uh, Drew and Kevin Owens. We've got a long comment here. Um, uh, how how could they do Judgment Day Bloodline when Judgment Day have Rhea and Bloodline don't? How can they do Judgment Day Bloodline when Judgment Day have Rhea and Bloodline don't? I, I, to be honest, I don't even think they should do that. I mean, that would be heel team against heel team, so... Um, I wouldn't go that way. Uh, Elias' family segment was the highlight of the show. Ezekiel's family. Owens and Drew segment. Kevin Owens and Drew promo. Uh, Drew KO match. Uh, hearing the passion from Kevin Owens and Drew tonight. Hope that Kevin Owens gets a title shot this year. Uh, seeing Ezekiel's family. KO and Drew. KO and Drew. KO and Drew. KO and Drew. I mean, look. I'm hearing it loud and clear as to what you lots uh, uh, are into. Uh, what was your least favourite part of Raw? Uh, Dana and Dakota. Uh, the Via squash match. Uh, women's tag match. Didn't watch the show. Lashley and Styles. Uh, the ending. I know you can't do something amazing every week, but I thought the match itself was rather lacklustre. Confused to how Dexter is seemingly seen backstage, but attempts to attack via the crowds, which failed the previous week. Uh, no return was expecting Gagano to show up some points. Uh, Drew versus Kevin finish, but understandable. Uh, I think everything on the show was decent, but I didn't need Via against the jobber match. Dana losing, but not losing a 24-7 title. It made no sense. Uh, main events. Main events seem to let a few people down. Rey Mysterio segment upset a few people. Nothing upset that person. 
Uh, Miz and Chumper against Ali and Cedric. I don't remember. AEW. Dana Dakota. Theory ending Raw. Ugly Days. Uh, m- my face ruined Raw for someone, which is pretty fun. So uh, on that bombshell, I think that's the perfect place to uh, wrap things up. So thank you very much for joining us. Really uh, appreciate the support. Hope uh, you enjoyed Raw and got something from it. And uh, as always, thank you so much for joining us for this post-show review. Uh, and uh, hopefully we will see you tomorrow for NXT uh, Heatwave and the post-show review there. If not, we're back for AEW. And of course, we're back for SmackDown and the SmackDown review. So plenty on the way. Awesome, guys. Thanks for watching. I'll see you again next time. Bye for now.